Welcome to day 171 of Rockcliffe's 365 Days of the Bible. Today I want to share a highlight from our readings, which can be found in 1 Kings chapter 10 to 11 and 2 Chronicles chapter 9. But I want to focus on 2 Chronicles chapter 9 verses 1 through 8. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. She arrived with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all of her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba realized how wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his table, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and their robes, and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She explained to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of your great wisdom. It is far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God, who delights in you and has placed you on the throne as king to rule for him, because God loves Israel and desires this kingdom to last forever. He has made your king uh, over them so that you can rule with justice and righteousness. There's quite a lot happening in this small passage of scripture that I want to dissect with you. That last verse in particular is very interesting because she says, you know, glory to God, essentially, and talks about how Solomon's righteousness and his prosperity is God's blessing to the people. And having Solomon as a king is God's blessing to the people. And this is really interesting that she sees the splendor of God through Solomon's very excessive kingdom. You know, she's moved by both his wisdom and his organization. She's moved by how organized uh, the officials are, but also how nice the clothes they wear are. It's not just the king who's elegant and, and dressed quite well. It's, it's everyone who works for him. But what she sees in it is that God must indeed very much care about the people who uh, he is Lord over. And that's really quite an encouraging thing, is that even in his splendor, God is, is the focal point for her specifically. Now, she brings quite a, a lot of gifts to honor him and his wisdom and to bless his kingdom. Uh, and as we read further in this chapter, we see that the gift was almost more of a token. Though so there's 900 or 9,000 pounds of gold, uh, Solomon gave her back even more than what she had brought him. It, it, was, it was a gesture for his wisdom. And we see that many kings came to Solomon uh, in our readings today to gauge his wisdom and also to be blessed by his wisdom. In so many ways, Solomon and his wisdom speak to God's goodness throughout the whole world at that time. I believe his gardens were actually considered one of the uh, seven wonders of the ancient world, though. Uh, check that fact for me. <laughs> What's really sad, though, is when we read uh, in First Kings, particularly uh, the beginning of chapter 11, we see that Solomon had a weakness for women. Uh, we are told in chapter 11, right at the beginning, that he has over 700 wives and 300 concubines and that he loved them dearly, but they were not uh, from the people that God had said that the Israelites could marry. In fact, they were of the people that God said, don't intermingle because they will turn your hearts away from me. And in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, verse 3, we're told that they do in fact turn his heart away. And 
It's only because of God's great love for David that Solomon isn't wiped out for his half-heartedness. He's still worshiping God, but he's also worshiping a lot of gods that lived in complete opposition to what God had asked of Solomon. So there's a lot to draw out of this reading today. Because one, our gifts should point first and foremost to God. God has given you that gift and it's a blessing and it's wonderful, but it should be directed to him. It should give him the glory. The other thing that we see here is you can still use a gift God gave you for your own purposes. And sometimes God lets us use gifts that are meant to point towards his glory for our own benefit, which can be a real shame when we forget who the gift giver is and when we really fashion other things to worship. Now, we're less likely to follow other blatant gods today, but we can at times, I mean, we, many people aspire to success and fame and fortune. Uh, many singers have started off in the Christian circuit and then moved over to the more lucrative secular circuit and, and their morals, you start to see them slowly erode. Uh, when I was growing up, there were many YouTube stars that I loved to watch whose faith eventually became an inconvenience. Uh, so we can, it's good to use our gifts. It's good to remember why we have them. It's good to remember that they should point to God because we are all human. So let's continue to devote ourselves to uplifting him and to praising him and surround ourselves with people and go, hey, who's this for? Because that's never a bad thing. But today, ask yourself, what gifts has God given me and how can I use them for his goodness? That's my challenge for you today. Thank you for joining us. May you be encouraged by the word and built up in spirit. Join us tomorrow for another highlight. And until then, be blessed.